Yep. <laughs> All right, and we are back. Uh, appreciate your patience while we took that small break. Uh, as we left off, we just concluded combat. The party managed to successfully survive an encounter with a larger group of this band of white dragonborn that they briefly encountered prior when they got their uh, new insect mounts. Uh, they came out mostly uh, in good shape, no uh, lethal wounds, and are waiting to set back out. Kaisa and Yua just kind of are standing, like, poised to just walk right through the barrier, standing right at the edge. Um, the Mastiff following close behind. What do you all do? Uh, Maisel gets to the same spot towards the front, um, <laughs> pulling the, uh, the front uh, beetle forward if Trang is back on it. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Maisel, do you want to consider uh, not leading the way? Why? Um, I, I would just hate for you to get perforated again. <laughs> no, I... Comes with the territory, right? <laughs> and, like, as she's laughing, she, like, she winces a little bit. <laughs> um, alright. Suit yourself. Uh, be careful. Uh, and Ozzy goes to get back on the bug. <laughs> alright. Um, okay. Are you guys setting out? Yeah. Okay. Um, I do want to mention, Drang, as you are climbing back onto the beetle, as, like, everybody else is kind of having these passing conversations, getting ready to leave, waiting for everyone to be ready, um, and you enter the wheel again to climb back up, there's this brief moment where there's this, like, stillness, as you've been accustomed to here in the wield, but then... For a moment, there's this breeze. Despite the fact that the air has remained perfectly in stasis the moment you entered this place, there's this small breeze as the kind of crystals sort of shift in the air, and there's this faint kind of wisp of snow and bits and like flecks of ice that begin to kind of take a shape, like a figure for a brief moment, and then it just like quits. It just gives up and falls limply to the ground and just everything whoosh, stops and it goes back to being still and you just catch a glimpse of it for a brief moment and you all set out uh passing through the barrier once again the wind outside is still quite vicious but no snow just yet a little bit but not as intense as the previous night it actually is beginning to slow and let up as you leave northward out of the ice field Kaisa speaks up and says, North is the general idea, but Northwest is the fastest route along the fault. If we head that way, it's a bit faster. The path through the weald heads straight north, and then there is a bend off to the west. It's slower, but we are traveling with proper transportation, and she kind of you know, Helm still on gestures to the insects and to the, the Mastiff, and she says, with them, we could take a faster route, and it would get us there in half a day shorter. I can lead the way, or we can go what you prefer if you'd rather take the longer route. Um, I vote we be quick about it. Hi. Hazel nods. Kaisa puts her, uh, like, walks over and puts her hand on your shoulder, Maisel, and turns you towards her. And you can't see her face because of the helm. Um, it's just this 
death-like skull visage looking at back at you as you look up at her. And she says, You should climb on top. Walking from here on foot will be dangerous. You will slow down everyone. Fine. Good. And she walks around you, choosing not to continue the conversation, and to Yua, and gestures for her to climb on top. And she um, kind of steps out in front of the group, and she puts her hand up for a moment and just holds it out in front of her. I cannot tell how deep the snow is ahead. I will ride with you, Yua. And she climbs up onto the Mastiff behind Yua. And she says, We should head ahead now. Uh, want to move while there's still daylight. Uh, Basil climbs up onto uh, the same bug as Frang and Demita. <laughs> um, turns to sit down right in, like... I don't know, I guess, like, between the two? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Drang, sure. Drang scoots yeah. back, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, as you guys head north, uh, north, uh, west, um, towards the next destination on your route, um, anyone who'd like to, um, participate in trying to assist travel, um, you can choose to either roll, um, perception or survival, um, depending on, uh, what you're trying to focus on doing to assist, whether you're just trying to keep an eye out or if you're trying to actually navigate the difficult terrain itself. I will attempt to navigate us around like anything that I see is like particularly the weird uh, or uh, particularly like tall or thick bluffs that have been like built up by um, the wind, like building snow into something that could be treacherous or like for, for any of us to fall into. Okay, go ahead and make a uh, survival check for me. Okie dokie. Hey, wait, how long have we... Uh, been here while I've been level three. Uh, it has been uh, it technically, if you count the uh, count it only after having left uh, Gunner's Holtz, it would be one day. Great. Well, so I have a new thing. Um, I uh, as uh, uh, part of my level three uh, traits, um, I can now, after spending a day in any territory, treat it as um, as favorite terrain. Okay. Which has something to do with my uh, survival checks. I believe it just adds something to it. Give me a moment. <laughs> so as you're looking that up, I'll go ahead and give you some flavor on this. You you start to pick up on what Kaisa was doing. You actually see that she was trying to gauge the height of the bluffs from a distance to see if it was too deep to walk through on foot. And it's you're you're starting to pick up on these subtle eccentricities of how people from this area sort of navigate the fact that the fields of white are so incomprehensible at a distance. And it's starting to become a little more natural to you how to navigate this environment watching these people like Drang or Kaisa who are home here. Uh, that was still pretty good. That's a 20. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're able to kind of pick out a few dangerous spots that are clearly um, not geographical. It's just snow and they wouldn't be safe to try and attempt to traverse. And you're able to kind of, with Kaisa's assistance, as she also um, uses her familiarity with the area to sort of um, 
help uh, contextualize what you're seeing. And she, you, you know, you point out something and she says, oh yes, I remember there's, you know, there's a dip there where the snow builds up really, really easily. We should avoid that. And the two of you kind of just alternate this like echoing back and forth of like, you say something that you see and she adds like a addendum to it. Like, okay, that means this, um, that's safe to walk on. And you're just describing it out loud and she assists you and you guys avoid any like pitfalls or, or major, um, setbacks during your path. Uh, you travel for quite some time as the sun has now reached, um, the point where it's dead high in the sky, uh, starting to move into the, the, uh, afternoon as you guys continue, um, on this kind of zigzagging path through the snow and ice, the wind and snow beginning to slowly subside. I think uh, Drang is going to be keeping a lookout. I think she's <laughs> going to be doing the perception half of that. Okay, go ahead and make a perception check. And Ozzy, yeah. how do you how do you spend the first uh, few hours of this journey, or the, excuse me, the second few hours of this journey? Um. Ozzy spends it thinking about his new persona. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, Five. Okay. So Drang is mostly just like wallowing, I guess. Um, she's attempting to keep an eye out, but she's just kind of staring into the middle distance and not mm-hmm. seeing what she's looking at. Gotcha. At a point, you kind of get cast a casual glance back at the wield behind you, uh, which you can faintly make out this like white milky dome in the distance. Um, and as there is a brief moment where the wind kind of calms, you swear you see that same sort of like weird apparition of snow and ice for a brief moment, and then it whoosh, blows away. And it happens so, so quickly, you're not even quite sure if you were right. Like, you think it might have just been more of the wind kicking up snow. And you cast your eyes back forward into the middle distance and just kind of stick there. The travels continue slowly, but um, uneventfully. Kaisa continues to sort of assist in uh, calling things out and guiding with Maisel's assistance as the sun starts to get low in the sky. It begins to get dark. And you can feel the cold now, even in the absence of the vicious wind from before, beginning to get colder still and sinking deeper into you. Uh, Kaisa is the first one to kind of speak up and break the, the monotony of the journey, and she says, It is probably wise to stop soon. If we continue marching in, the cold and the dark is twice as dangerous. Oh, you all know what time it is. And I pull out my lyric crystal and my joker. <laughs> Wonderful. What, what on earth is that? It is a nightmare. What is this uh, thing you have? And she As gestures to it. As they're talking, I'm just slowly lowering the choker onto the lyric crystal. Drag is rolling her eyes. Just, like, just This is the worst thing. <laughs> Drag hates uh, this little shiny man. 
Uh, okay, yeah, as you slide it on, I just, I just little hands it. just like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then little like, little like fingers just like, slowly like one at a time, <laughs> and then it just starts like doing a little jig again, and then puts its arms out and shakes them. I just realized that um, when Drang was sharing warmth with Maisel. The Lyrastorn was visiting Maisel on a regular rotation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just torturing you. Yeah, it was just <laughs> <to> hate it. <laughs> oh, just like every, like once an hour, just like this wave of warmth, and you're just like, fuck this. This <laughs> forever. Hey, you made your own decisions. My beautiful child it. does does what it's told. Nothing this is more. true. <laughs> okay. I still hate this shiny bastard. <laughs> As it starts, like, dancing around a little bit, um... Kaisa, like, you see her head tilt, you can't see her face. Ozzy, like, non-verbal communication between you and her is is impossible. <laughs> like, it's just, it's literally just, like, like brick wall, brick wall, passing glances. Um, but you, uh, upon seeing your little friend, just starts cracking up. And, like, she even, like, leans forward and, like, like puts her head against... Kaisa's back on the Mastiff and is just like laughing into her armor for like a good minute straight after seeing this this funny little man that you have made with your Joker. After she's finally quieted, Kaisa's just like damn it, stop being ridiculous. Off, please. We must make camp. And she like pushes her off the Mastiff as they start slowly trying to like clear the snow away with the assistance of the mastiff they just kind of start patting it down in like a small circle and working their way outward yeah and drying's gonna kind of drive the bug around (laughs) like Mm -hmm. they kind of realize it's far it's far more effective and they're like oh shit and they just kind of like step back and get out of the way it's like never mind then some, some space for us Yep, you're just like going around in this a very slow, small circle, like working like your way out. Pony. Exactly. This is my culture. <laughs> uh, now you just made me realize that we have to have like a side episode where you guys play a hockey game against a rival group of adventurers. Yeah. <laughs> For nothing, my ability to do hockey fights. For not for nothing but pride. Um, but yeah, you guys kind of clear an area with the assistance of the Beatles. Um, uh, Yuna and um, uh, Kaisa take their uh, their gear and they start unpacking uh, a tent and setting it up. Um, Kaisa actually takes off her helmet and sets it down next to the uh, the tent as they pitch their tent up to one side of this clearing. Um, we gotta get ourselves a tent. What were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, they both kind of look at all of you and they're like, Kaisa's like, you don't have a tent. We, we got bugs. Drang starts digging out her customary hollow in the side of their snow area. Because she just sleeps in the snow. Hmm. Sleeps in the snow? Uh, Yua and Kaisa grab a, like, big roll from the back of the Mastiff and pull it down and unroll it. And, uh, Kaisa kind of speaks up and she says, This is a spare, in case there was 
you know, things happen. We have one if you need a tent. Uh, yeah, you need a you need a little warm friend. As he holds up. Kaisa walks forward and puts her hands out and like feels it like a campfire for a moment, and she pulls her hands back and she says, "That is nice. I have heard of these, not quite like this." Uh, says, start- hey, hey, do a dance. And he just starts. <laughs> it just has a time. It just goes. Uh, and <laughs> and Kaisa kind of gives us gives you a like worried look. It says, "This is nice. Very practical." Yeah, they're great. We all love them. Uh, undisputed. Uh, and she kind of nods a few times awkwardly and walks away (laughs) and like helps start setting up the second tent with you as assistants and they both kind of stand aside and she says I know that our fae friend will maybe not need this but the rest of you it is ready for you to use will all three of us fit in there four is there four not including Brian Zeth and Demita oh Oh, yeah yeah those guys as well so um, it's enough to fit like two people tight and then their tent is enough to fit um, it's a bit bigger it could fit like three people all squeezed together Um, uh, Kaisa kind of like grabs Yuna and starts whispering in her ear a little bit and then whatever you were going to say Ozzy's just like uh, Basil you take the tent with the uh the two, I'll, uh, I'll stick out here for the night. Uh, but you don't have a glove. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I got this guy. She, <laughs> she actually tries to laugh. <laughs> uh, who needs a glove when you got a fun little pal? Horrible, uh, Ka- not upsetting pal. Uh, Kaisa breaks off from Yua, and she kind of interrupts you as you're speaking and she says there are only two of us we use the larger for comfort we can use the smaller tent if you would like there are more of you than us no it's it's that's they're, they're yours we we might as well huddle together anyway and uh, are you sure he's gonna be all right here? Uh, and Maisel, as this was like, as the rest of this was happening, was like, I think like slowly trying to like get um, Demita off of the the bug. <laughs> um, he should be fine um, as long as he's um, kept warm. All of you would be. Um, it is just practicality. You will take the larger tent because there are more of you. You will not keep it. We lose nothing other than a night of comfort. Marginal comfort at that. You can him and haw about it for a while if you'd prefer. We have to start a fire. So, let me know. Uh, I, for one, will not look a gift bug in the mouth. Um, and we <laughs> gladly accept your large tent. I will also not put my hands anywhere near a gift bug's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Firmly away. Well, they were stolen. I can't reiterate this again. <laughs> ah, the greatest gift—the ones you take without permission. 
they were stolen from a group who said they were going to steal from us first. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, th this well goes like deep, 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 but it wasn't a Christmas present. Although we, we beat slash beat slash bit them all to death. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we this is true. You did murder all of them. <laughs> um, at, at their mention of a bonfire, um, I, I perk up and say. Wait, wait, I, I can help with that. Um, and I would like to... Well, no, hold on, I actually can, Cat. No, no, I'm just... Mantle's adorable! Uh, they've already started, like, they're actually pulling, like, a, a leather bundle off the back of the Mastiff that has, like, some some small, like, chunks of wood. Um, Great. That they've kind of collected during their, their, their journey, and they start building a, a small campfire. Um, um, how are you I, assisting? Yeah, I uh, I would like to cast the cantrip that I now have of create bonfire. Oh. Um, and the way I want to treat this as uh, not entirely magic um, is I would like to, um, as they uh, as they're setting up the, the little bits of wood, um, I <laughs> want to uh, pull back open that um, that bottle of um, Verdan gin and mm -hmm. pour a little out there because I, I like the idea that it's like hyper flammable. Um, yeah, and so it's a, it's a high it's on. a high proof uh, liquor. It's a high proof alcohol. Yeah. Um, and so that just like that way eases it, and I can like do that, and just like the littlest bit of friction um, get the <laughs> help get the help get the bonfire going. Okay. Um, tell you what, Maisel, you watch them sort of build the startings of the bonfire, and you provide the gin. And you pour some of it out and kind of drizzle it, and um, it kind of just spatters onto the the loose pieces of wood that they've collected into the the bonfire shape, the little campfire shape. Um, and as you kind of like pull yourself together, um, you get ready to strike a spark to try and help light it. Um, Kaisa already has like a, a flint prepared, but you kind of pull out your, your own. It's a standard part of an adventurer's pack, so I'm just going to assume you have one. Um, you also attempt to start it, and then you feel this, like, that goosebump feeling on your arms for a moment. And you just get that tingle. As you strike it, there's this, like, burst. As there's a flash of white and a flame just roars to life. Large and just, like, loud. As it blows up, Kaisa and Yua both kind of like step back and the flame comes to life instantly at a full roaring flame and then that feeling, that tingle, that goosebumps feeling just whoosh, fades and Kaisa leans like over to look at you past the flames and she takes a step and she says do you know magic? yes? This was... Um... You didn't feel that too? Mm, it... I felt... Uh, I felt magic. A wave of magic. That was you. You cast a spell. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... No, that's... At this point, Yua speaks up and she says, Yua kind of interrupts as the two of you are talking and she's just staring at the fire and she just says, 
material and somatic. You met the needs. So magic happens. And she sits down and she picks up a stick and she starts poking at the fire. I want to, um, after a short bit of, of silence and contemplation, I want to um, look to Drang. Uh, were you nearby, Drang? Um, no, Drang was busy building her little dugout. Okay. Um, then I want to get up and go over to Drang. Um, Drang what? What do you feel when you uh, when you do something that that isn't you know normal? <sighs> you cured me of something. You you I was I had a hole in me and oh you For, forgive me, myself. Such things are normal. Huh. For. One of my kind, yes, but for all things, these things are normal. They are increasingly uncommon in your kind, but that doesn't mean they are unnormal. It is. Forgive me, I don't, the words, it is, it is a breaking down of the difference between that which is within you and that which is without you. You are a wall between within and without, and they are not so different. And when that disappears, something happens. A friend is is mended. An enemy is is wounded. Is this what you mean, Mezel? It's on purpose, though, right? Hmm. Oh. Oh, with study and practice for your kind, it is on purpose, yes. But the very young ones, often it is not, when it is very new. It is difficult, this harmony for your kind, I think, and so frightening, yes? Certainly the latter, hmm? Mm. But no, it is not always on purpose. Ah. Thank you. My, Myzel, what if, what if, um, what... you are all right, Myzel. You were not, <coughs> you were not harmed before. No, I, um, you, you made sure of that. Uh, I think Maisel, before, like, even 
uh, attempt to continue the conversation, just walks back over to the fire. Um, okay. Like, treating it as, like, hers. <laughs> sure. Okay. My fire. Um, like, I, Give I it a big to, hug. Yeah, I have to keep this thing alive now because I made it. Uh, Zeph eventually, like, crawls up to the fire as well, kind of, like, slowly working his way through the, like, little cluster of people that have now kind of formed this little campsite as he sneaks up and squeezes up next to, um, Kaisa and sits just, like, down in front of the fire and puts his hands out. And Drang's gonna bring Demita over and make him, like, a nice cozy spot to lie Mm -hmm. down by the fire. Yep. Absolutely. She herself is gonna keep the distance from the fire. Doesn't like mm-hmm. it. Sure, and it's not as it's not as bad of a, a warmth as the stone. Yeah. The stone is naturally magic, so it's like a it's like a hard, like solid, like set, like consistent temperature all the way to the edge, and then stops. Yeah. The fire at least kind of ebbs and flows, and it doesn't go as far. You can kind of pull I back. Saying I can't make a friggin' good fire, Dylan. It's a great <laughs> fire. I think it's I'm just, just saying, kind of fe- like. You know the feeling you get when you're sitting too close to a campfire? Mm-hmm. Drang gets that feeling just like two feet sooner than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, you can sit close enough to be considered physically among the people sitting there without having to... You're just not as close. You're just a little ways back. And it's comfortable. There's these little waves of heat that, like, aren't the worst thing in the world as they just kind of just barely reach far enough to get to you. Um, in the um, background of all these scenes, Ozzy has been uh, performing a synchronized dance routine with his little crystal. No! Yeah, hell yeah! Prime. <laughs> is he is he going to be a new like feature of your your performances, like your fights from now on? Yeah, he's definitely my coach. <laughs> oh, that's a good little manager. <laughs> you have to get him a very sm- you have to get him a very small like suit, or alternatively like sweats, and then and then he needs like a towel to put around his neck. That's yeah. also this big. Uh-huh. He cuts your eyebrow, but just running up and jumping into your face. Yeah, and he's just like getting the getting the the stuff in there to stop it from bleeding. <laughs> He's throwing a tiny, a thimble full of water on your face. Uh, <laughs> pushing a, a water bottle. Um, make me a performance check. Oh, good news. I literally just got proficiency in my performance. <laughs> Great. That's a 21. Uh, your, your friend rolled a natural 20, so the two of you are fucking killing it. We are on fire. <laughs> this inanimate object is just, is, you've learned, like, you're no expert, you're no arcane mage, or uh, book-learned uh, scholar of the magic arts, but you know the only thing that is bringing this guy to life is the spirit of dance. <laughs> Can I float something here? Yeah. Hmm. Drang and Maisel are having a talk. Ah. <gasps> uh, the talk, the talk. <laughs> yeah, you said that this was in the background of the other scenes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining Kaisa is just staring at the fire, being just a <laughs> moody fucker. Mm-hmm. And Yua is literally the only one who notices this. <laughs> and- yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's sitting directly across the fire, and there's like a few moments where Zeph thinks she's staring at him because they're directly behind him. <laughs> and he's like, She's like, 
like trying to hold in laughter, and he's like looking around, like ang- like <laughs> thinking that she's laughing at him. Right. And no he gets like. Ever believe her? And he just like gets really offended and just starts staring into the fire to avoid eye contact. Just busting out a full singing in the rain behind him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> There's these sick moments where, like, you put your hand out and it, like, dances across your shoulders and then off the other hand and does, like, a flip. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, 100%. good job, tiny friend. <laughs> I gotta come up for a name with this little buddy. I mean, he does uh, every morning, so... <laughs> God, that's so terrible. Oh, man. Um, Maisel, when you return to the fire... Yua is just staring off into the distance, and Kaisa kind of speaks up over the flames towards you. Uh, and she says, Where are you from? Why? Where are you from? <laughs> I am from here. Well, north of here. <laughs> I'm... I'm sorry. Uh, Dan, south. The, uh... Mm. I've Place heard that's of very unlike Verdun. here. Have the entire hearth is different from here. It is okay. why my people for have it's why my people for a long time have envied and coveted the hearth for what it has that we do not. What it but has it is, a big spread of boredom and politicking and people looking after themselves. Hmm. There are worse things to have. There's the cold. The danger, that which can kill you before you are even old enough to know what any of the things you speak of mean. So why are you here? I am here because this is my home, and I am returning home with valuable cargo in tow. And she casts a glance at Yua, who is just still playing with the fire. Um, Now, after, like, seeing the end of the dance, she's, like, staring at the fire, like, wide-eyed, just, like, poking at a coal, like, muttering to herself in confusion. (laughs) (laughs) She's a handful. Why, uh... Why is she here? Things are complicated. She's here for... She's here because of the choices of people other than herself. People that have made choices for her her entire life. Bad choices. In my opinion. Choices of her bastard father. Aren't you choosing for her now? I am doing what I am told. What happens after I arrive is... Her decision. Not mine. But I was asked to bring her. So I brought her. It was a a request that I could not refuse. Uh, Maisel looks from um, from Kaisa over to uh, 
maybe briefly catches just a glimpse of this beautiful dance that Ozzy's doing. It's like um, ending she, just as you look past. Yeah. And it's like a split second. <laughs> yeah, she she looks um, from, from Kaisa to Ozzy uh, connecting the conversations and uh, she goes, you know what? I'm finding it to be a, a terrific oddity that anyone up here stretched their mind past what they've been told to do. <laughs> she picks up her helmet and holds it in her hands and looks at the face, the, the skull. And she says, being told what to do is the job of a soldier. It should come as no surprise. But I chose the life that I live. And what I am told to do, I accept willingly. What if you're told to do something that, that you don't believe? That you find then, uh, aberrant? Mm. Then I will make a choice. I will either do as I am told, or I will not and I will die. Well, that's a fascinating position to live in. Perhaps. And she sets the helm back down. But this is my home. And these are my people. Thing like that. Maisel uh, pokes the fire a bit. Um, and goes silent for, I don't know, a, a longer moment than, than would have continued that conversation. <laughs> um, and and looks back over to uh, Yua, and a dog barks from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I guess who the dog's deal is. <laughs> it's the ma- It's the mastiff. Yeah, the mastiff barks. Hey, dog, what's your deal? Can you it's more of animals, cat? <laughs> no, I spent all my spelly slots. <laughs> and it's just kind of like laying just behind Yua at all times, where she's like always got a hand on its head. Like in the back, just like playing with its its fur. Ozzy is, and you haven't said that you were returning to the fireside, so I assume you're still doing your own. Uh, yeah, deal. We get a good stretch in afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've now um, I've now taken a seat and um, appear to just be having a conversation with the crystal. <laughs> uh, Kaisa Kaisa takes that to like give her cause to ask Maisel instead. She's like, and your friends? You? Friend of the court. Why do you all travel north? I have guesses for you. And she gestures to you, Drang. I can assume. Drang is staring into the middle distance. She's, uh... Hmm. I don't think she's entirely here right now. Kaisa returns her her conversation to Maisel. Perhaps you can tell me more of why your companions travel north. No, I want to guess I I don't know you from <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, she uh... point she points to Drang and she says 
This one is returning to the court. If I were to guess. More than likely, the one that we found was as well. Until we learn more from your friend when he wakes. This one I do not know. He vexes me. He vexes all of us. That's a good way of putting it. As best I know, he's responsible for for him over there. And she points to uh, to Zeph. <laughs> yes, the he's, one that does not talk. He's shepherding him to someone he was told to to bring him to. Ah, maybe not so different from you. It would appear so. Though my passenger is mostly willing, mostly. Depends on her mood. I, uh... I'm partially responsible for that. Oz, anyway. He, uh... He had a chance to not be with us, and... Well, he didn't take it, and... I have to imagine I... (laughs) I screwed that up. Among other things. Hmm. Uh, as she says that, she looks over to, to Drang, uh, specifically to her hand, uh, to see if she can see, like, the, the scar. <laughs> yeah, I think her hands are just kind of folded in her lap. She's yeah. not just aimlessly looks towards her hands. Are you still, is, Drang, are you still just looking out into the distance? Yeah, just <laughs> kind of staring into space. Drang has a lot to process today, so... <laughs> She didn't okay. get to eat some throats, but she still got... It didn't help her feelings. Gotcha. It I did um, bring a bunch of bath bombs if you want those. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> hey, sometimes you're having a bad day, but eating throats isn't going to make your feelings better. <laughs> Nor is ripping off heads. It's a short-term solution. Yeah. It's a yeah. short-term solution. Drang, you kind of look out, and at this point, it's gone quite dark out. There's sort of a bubble of of warm yellow light around the campfire that flickers and ebbs. But as you look beyond the people sitting at the campfire and out into the distance as you are, um, it fades into a dimmer light until it's just nothing but blackness as far as you can see. But as you are looking past your little uh, group of companions that you are camping with, um, you feel this shift in the air. The warmth from the um, campfire kind of billowing out until for a moment it's blown towards you as wind comes from beyond it, just opposite of where you sit, and it rolls over you and there's this wind. And Drang, you feel that, that air kind of roll over you and there's this faint breeze and you see this wisp of snow getting kicked up off the ground, catching the light from the uh, the campfire, just shimmering in the air as wind is pulling it into this vague shape just beyond the campfire, directly across from you. And it's kind of gathering snow as it moves closer and closer until it begins to take this tall, thin shape with this long, like, arched upper area that starts to slowly come into form as you see this humanoid-esque figure made out of 
wisping snow being pulled up off the uh, off the ground, and it's like lurching forward towards you as it begins to kind of come into shape. Dren wordlessly gets up to approach. Mm-hmm. You take a step forward towards the campfire, and the warmth gets Around the more. Campfire. Okay, uh, you still kind of step forward, and you feel that warmth as you start to walk like around it to get to the other side. And this shape approaches closer, and you as uh, like cloak is blown up from behind as it slowly begins to chart around the campfire opposite of you kind of picking up snow as it goes and blowing the the clothing of the people sitting around the fire. Um, you all start to notice this now as Dreng has stood and begin to walk around this, like, the, the fire in a circle as there's this, like, breeze picking up from behind you. Um, Ozzy, you and Kaisa both begin to feel it as Dreng walks around the other side. This shape, this shimmer of snow caught in the air is coming, circling around you. Uh... Ozzy points at it and says, I got more punches today if you're looking. Uh, Maisel not understand, like, attempts to, like, poke at and, like, stabilize the fire, thinking it's something she did. Mm-hmm. Maisel, okay. No. You are kind like, of, yeah, like, just like, you are kind of shivers for a moment and, like, rubs, like, rubs her arms to get warm and then looks up and sees it and just stares at it. And when she sees it, Kaisa looks up, too, and she puts both her hands on her sword, one hand on the sheath, one hand on the hilt. And this shape continues to just circle around the fire across from you, Drang. Drang moves uh, until she's across the fire from an empty spot and sits okay. down. Okay, you move and you stop and uh, it is across from you in an empty spot. And both of you slowly lower and it starts to take shape more and more as the wind kind of gathers. And all of you feel this, like, rushing air now, kind of gathering in this spot, this empty spot by the fire. The fire begins to flicker and wildly move as more and more snow gets picked up, and this shape takes form, and it looks like a humanoid sitting, uh, kneeling down with its legs folded under it, and it's got its arms set on its knees, and the the neck and shoulders begin to take shape as you see this large, like, pointed face that you can barely make out the shape of. And one of these, like, tendrils of wind and snow reach up, and there is something dark floating in... There's no hand, but there's something there as the snow holds this, like, dark object up. And then it drops. And as soon as it hits the ground, there's a flash, there's like a, a rush of air, and the campfire goes out. And it's pitch black. Drang is going to, um. Drang's going to bid it farewell in Sylvan. That's, uh. Kind of where she's at. Okay. All of you obviously see that there's this, like, immediate powerful gust of wind that blows the fire out and you are instantly plunged into pitch black darkness and you just hear Drang mutter this single word that you don't understand uh did we see you said there was something like black there in the the hand area did we see something fall onto where the fire was it fell like it was sitting in front of the fire and when whatever it let go of fell 
there was that sudden gust of wind. It didn't drop it in the fire. It dropped it in front of itself, which was, you know, about a foot and a half, two feet outside of the the fire itself. I mean, if Dring isn't, I feel like, I, I think Maisel would jump towards that. Like, if the fire went out and she suddenly was, like, trying to jump towards fixing her mm-hmm. fire that went out, sure. she would see that fall and try to grab for it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's pitch black. Make a... Make yep. a perception check with disadvantage to try and locate the object. Um, Kaisa and Yua, you both hear them like, like startle and stand, um, and there's like shuffling, and you can all hear noise of people walking in the snow, but can't see anything. That's only a six. A six. Um, you start padding around into the snow, and you can't, you you can't feel it. You don't see it. It's pitch black. It's impossible. You don't know where it is. Um. Drang shakes her head and um, turns to Ozzy and his friend and mm-hmm. says, little man, would you please? And gestures toward where the object would be. Uh, what, do you, what do you want them to do? Um, the, the light. The, does it put off any light? It does not. It does not? Okay. Then no, no I'm, not, I'm not willingly interacting with the little man. Like, <laughs> All right, I'm understood. glad that I don't have to... Okay, so I guess we have to light a fire again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Kais... Ozzy Kai... has just laid back into the snow. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Drang is going to kind of lay a hand on Maisel mm-hmm. and just kind of gesture with her head toward the fire, just like you do it on purpose? <laughs> it's, kind of the, it's kind of what she's trying to intimate here. Great. Wonderful. Um, oh, I, um, and she, she fumbles for the, um, the, she pours a little more gin onto the, 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 mm-hmm. um, the wood. And- there's a small, as you're doing this, like fumbling with the bottle, Yeah. there's a brief moment of like struggle and you can feel yourself starting to like almost panic a little bit because it's dark and it's cold. And the bottle is cold in your hands and you're wearing gloves. And then there's a break in the clouds and you get the first like beam of moonlight you've gotten all night. And it bathes all of you sitting kind of awkwardly around this now dead fire as Yua and um, Kaisa are like leaning over the fire, trying to nurse it back to life and bring it back. And Ozzy's laying out flat. Zeph is just like looking around kind of nervously (laughs) and there's this just brief moment where you can see just perfectly clear with this single beam of light. Go ahead and do what you're going to do. She pours a little bit of it onto that and then lets a little spill onto her hand and doesn't grab the, um, doesn't grab the flint. Just uh, attempts to sort of and create some friction in her hands. Just like you the ass- idea of friction. Yeah. Yua sees you and she steps up and back from the fire and she puts her hand out. And Kaisa sees it and starts stepping away as like there's there's but a faint little ember burning at the dead center of the fire. And Yua puts her other hand out to you. More of just like an open palm gesture. And she says, material, somatic. It's all you need. She rubs her hands a little more. And just thinks fire real hard. Okay. You begin to feel your hands get warm. 
and just the 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 out the spirit when it goes onto your hands is freezing and you feel like your your hands are going to go numb like you're going to lose your fingers and then as you rub them together it gets hot and hot almost burningly so and like instinctually you put your hands out and all the alcohol on your hands evaporates in a dead instant and there's a flick and the campsite roars back to life this burst of flame re-illuminating you bathing you in that warm orange light and you kind of feel the warmth push back against your hands as you have them held out and then the part in the clouds closes she looks up at Frank um on purpose Maisel sort of a rude gesture but it was it was clear what I meant right uh, Ozzy from the ground says, um, did we figure something out here? <laughs> <laughs> and now that there's light, Drang starts looking to see what the snow dropped. Okay. Um, Yua still stands and she looks out into the distance and she just kind of over her shoulder, like whispers real quick to the rest of you. And she says, um, I'm not usually sentimental, but um, that's really something, isn't it? And she points outward away from the campsite and Kaisa stands and looks in the same direction. And Drang, as you get down to look um, for what was dropped, you look up and see kind of past where this like small hill you're on kind of crests downward. Um, the part in the clouds has moved further south and widened, and it casts the entire rolling hills of snow and, like, sporadic trees in moonlight. And there is just this, like, tapestry of, like, glints and glimmers from the snow as the light literally, like, moves and rolls down the hill and widens out, moving across the ground, just painting this large spot of brilliant white against the blackness as it moves southward. And she turns back and she kind of like punches you in the arm, Maisel, and sits back down by the fire. Um, that, I don't, I can't take credit for that. Well, I know that, but you did make the fire. And she kind of like nudges you with her elbow a little bit. Hey, Kat, what are the spell pieces in this ad? Um, advertising, pandering, obligatory, and team. Then I want to use my piece, Honest, and cast Honest Advertising to tell people that Sword of Symphonies is an actual playtest campaign of the game that you made starring us. Ooh, ooh, and I want to cast Charming Pandering and tell them how much fun we are to listen to. Ooh, or would that be Charming Team? I think I have a charming team, yes, Kirsten. Oh, Nick, do you want honest advertising to tell them that we have sort of a cozy horror vibe and that people can listen to us every Saturday? Oh, and before we do that, I'd like to add my spell piece music because I write everything in-house. Yeah, I love your music, Kathleen, and I think your sound work in general is top-notch. So let's cast honest music advertising and charming team on the listener and invite them to join us on Sword of Symphonies. 
Uh, Drang, you come across what was dropped. It is a stone that fits very comfortably in your palm. And on one of the many surfaces, it is extremely smooth. And there are these lines dug into it, these thick grooves. And as you hold it, you feel that same feeling you felt earlier. And as you hold it tight, you feel that weakness leave your body as the scar and like veins in your hand recede to the center of your palm and slowly subside, leaving little more than a small scar in the center of your palm. I think Drag starts to cry. Like, and when she realizes that's what she's doing, she goes mm-hmm. to her to her hole in the snow. She okay. goes to her snow hole because she has a lot of sorrow and shame and rage mm-hmm. that are still there and that are not going anywhere. And she just kind of clutches at this uh, this piece of sacred ground and just quietly weeps. I'll add one thing to that. Just as the levees break and you lose control and and can't hold it back, before the first of your tears can fall, you feel one hit your hand. Just a single drop. And you haven't you feel it, your your eyes, and you have yet to start crying, and you put your hands out, and there's another couple as yours begin to well up and overflow, and you look up, and there is this faint shimmer and outline of snow caught in the air of this figure leaning over you as tears begin to slowly fall from out of thin air and land in your hands, and as soon as you stand up to walk away, it just whoosh, this disappears as you stand up into it and it vanishes. Uh-oh. Kaisa uh, eventually stands. She says, It is time for bed. Yua, not too much longer. We have a long journey tomorrow. And she walks into the tent. Ozzy, still from laying just flat on the ground, says, uh, anybody catch what happened? I was, uh, I was not paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) It was, (laughs) it was several interesting instances of unexplained magic. Magic. Interesting. Mazel. Magic? Uh, Linguo is dead. (laughs) Mazel do magic? Uh, Yua looks at you, Mazel, and she says, It was rough, but it was magic. Right. Wasn't very pretty. Stop yelling hello at every single thing we see. <laughs> uh, U.S. starts like well, starts laugh starts laughing, and she says, "I do not know the context of this joke, but it was still funny." <laughs> 
and she points to you, Ozzy, and she says, but you make everything funny. <laughs> Thank you. Did you see my dance? <laughs> and she, like, her eyes go wide, and she was like, holy shit, that dance. How did you do that? Oh, a magician never reveals his tricks. Isn't that right, Maisel? It's very funny. <laughs> she, uh, Yua, Yua kind of leans back a little bit from the campfire and she chuckles and she says, it's like, you got to be careful. You have more than her to offend with words like that. Oh, yeah. What's your deal? <laughs> <laughs> the worst. This guy's in the pits. <laughs> you got the stick. You got the hands. She puts, she pulls the... Um, weapon off her back and lays it in her lap and it is this like intricately carved um, rifle shaped piece of wood that has these like faint like copper embellishments um, specifically it's got this big latch in the middle where the thing snaps in half um, and it's got this big like s- like cylinder of of copper in the dead center and uh, she actually picks it up and she cracks it and she says uh this is something my father made uh, from me. If you know how to use magic well enough, and she cracks it shut, um, and she holds it up and points it up into the sky, she says, it lets you um, do what some people do with spells uh, much more simply. You just have to make sure it's charged. With this, I'm the best marksman in the entire north. And she sets it down like a butt end in the snow and she grins very like widely. Um can, can Maisel have it? <laughs> I'm afraid she might not know how to use it. You know, just for one go. Oh, well, what's the worst that could happen? Come on. Just let her try. She Thank holds it so out. Much. She holds it out to you, Maisel, and she says well, Maisel, would you like to try? Absolutely, I would. As um, it goes. <laughs> and she takes it. What am I? What am I shooting? Uh, Ozzy like picks up a uh, like chunk of wood from the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and is like holds it back and is like, uh, just say when. Okay. Um, I think Maisel limbers up uh, and starts to hold it um, up. You, you, uh, (laughs) she uh, looks at you and she says, um, maybe it's, I don't usually carry it when it's charged. It's dangerous. Um, It's hard to describe, especially for someone who doesn't really do magic. Uh, You've got to charge it. It needs something inside it so that it can actually fire. Don't we all? Mm. <laughs> Come on, uh, you we'll can. Do the, do there's the a. Thing. Yeah, there's sure, a. I, uh, there's a release in the center. If you press it down with I your thumb, it it'll. Okay. Um, I do it, that. I try. Yep. I try to crack it open. Yep. It's it. There's a very clear button that you press, and okay. it unlocks, and it slides open, and it's got. Um, the cylinder in the center splits in half, 
there is um, one side that is a um, flat surface with a pin, like a in the dead center, and the other side is um, a hole in the middle with a bead recessed in it and a hexagon with lines that lead to the the bead in the center. Looks like a little metal ball bearing. And Yua stands up and she points to it with her finger and she says, so this is the reservoir. Um, usually you try to channel magic like you're casting a spell, something very broad that you can pull a lot of magic through. Um, once you put the energy inside and you close it, um, it seals it. You can't open it again until you fire. And then she reaches around your hand and puts your fingers on the the lever, which is like one of those long rifle releases for like flintlock block rifles. And she says, and then you squeeze this and it pushes the pin in and then releases all the energy. And you, you refill that every time? Yes. It gets tiring. Um, no less so than for someone who actually practices magic. But it's very powerful and very accurate. I want to pull that little the, the thing, the brass thing that I have. Yeah. Okay. You take out your cylinder. Can I like align that against it and see if it fits? Like the there was a ball bearing at the end of that. That like would I be mm-hmm. able to fit this thing in there at all? Um. Okay. So I'll tell you what. You look at it. It has one of its sides has that ball bearing recessed in it with the same hexagon with lines leading to the hole where the ball bearing is reset like almost identical this one looks machined the one on the rifle looks hand etched with like a hammer and chisel um and it's the same circumference um okay so in theory you could you could put it on the pin you don't know what will necessarily happen if you do that well i never know what's gonna happen dylan Um, I like twiddle it around in my hand for a second. And Yua looks at it and she says, what is that? I, I put it back in my pocket, like still afraid of the magic I just did. Don't know. (laughs) Um, and I close it back up and I give it back to her. And she just takes it and she says, are you sure? You don't want to... Not right now. Ozzy begins bowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, she kind of slings it over her shoulder and she smiles and she says, Okay, well, you have all of tomorrow morning to decide if you change your mind. I'm not sure what will happen when we arrive in town. I assume we'll go separate ways, so... Uh, and sh- she says, I'm going to get some rest. Uh, my aunt is probably uh, getting angrier as we speak that I haven't actually gone to sleep yet. So have a nice night, all of you. It was a pleasure meeting you all. And she moves around the fire and scoots into the tent and disappears from view. Ozzy still has the wood like in throwing position mm-hmm. um, and throws oh, it at Maisel. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a hard, okay. but does throw it at Maisel. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He throws it and just hey. kind of like whoosh, into the snow next to you. And there's like a. 
Ozzy, uh, uh, <laughs> if we have a moment, I guess. <laughs> um, before she has, she says anything after that, I think uh, I want to look back up the, at the uh, the moon that cast the scene, mm-hmm. and for a moment wonder like, is it pointing somewhere? No, it was it was okay. just the the there was like a a break in the clouds that just opened up as it passed over you. Okay. And it continued to move like with the clouds and it got kind of bigger and then as it faded further into the distance it slowly closed up and kind of just disappeared. But it gave you that brief kind of look at the the sort of like rolling hills of snow out in the distance. You uh, you're just looking at the moon, or you need me, or what's up? <laughs> what do you think comes after Crying gets where they're going? Um, for who specifically? Everyone does. <laughs> um, I there's mean... more to this than I think just us walking somewhere. I would hope by now. Well, I... Ideally, I find who I'm looking for before I have to walk all the way to the Winter Court. Um, I'm hoping Zeph's associates have gone to the town upon noticing that their uh, meeting spot was uh, compromised. Um, I guess you do whatever you want. You know, you can follow your dying friend to become a uh, nature person. I'm not clear on what they do. <laughs> uh, I, I I go back and join the fights. Uh, the world keeps on spinning. As he's talking, Basil gets up and, and uh, like... Scurry scoots after um, um, Yua to mm-hmm. change her mind and like grab the uh, grab the gun, but like not want her nearby. Okay, she's already like enter- she's entered the tent. Yeah. So like, do you go like? I peek in. Ask- yeah. Okay. Oh. I'm trying to think. You open it, and the light from the campfire kind of like narrowly spills through like under your arm and past the the opening of the tent, and it casts like this narrow beam of light that kind of falls across um, Yua as she's like just sitting there like cross-legged and you see Kaisa who is sitting right across from her and they're like right like opposite of each other squeezed into the tent talking and Kaisa has like removed her um, armor and the two of them are talking and you open the tent and Kaisa just stops like abruptly. You can't quite hear what they're saying as you enter. And Yua says, Oh, uh, hi. Yes. Nude. If <laughs> if I'm going to do magic, I might as well own up to it. Uh, I'd like to try to use your thing. Yeah, of course. And she like reaches behind her and it's leaning against like the back of the tent and she like slides forward and she like hands it up to you and she says, here you go. Would you like me to show you how to do the 
That's fine. They use it. Oh. Uh, and she walks away. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, bring bring it back. <laughs> uh, and goes back to uh, the fire by uh, by Ozzy. Okay. Um, now we're talking, and Ozzy picks up another piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Yeah, Maisel cracks it open and tries to wedge the the thing. Okay. What? <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. Um, you in 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 what position do you put the the cylinder in? Uh, can it can it like um? Well, so it fits it fits into the back part of the rifle, which is where the pin is. You can slide it in there. Um, I meant I can slide it. Can I can I reasonably close this thing with that in it? No. Okay. It's because remember it closes flush when it's Got shut. It. Um, but you can put the pin on, but. It, the orientation of the cylinder itself with the the turning, that's what yep. I mean. Yep. Uh, I want to then attempt to... Uh, there were... There's like... There's mud things between the, 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 the cross hatches on this, right? Um, Maybe I mean, I'm understanding the geometry of this incorrectly. Of the cylinder or the... Of the rifle? I think the cylinder. Okay. So yeah, the, the cylinder is just this long, obviously like soda can shaped tube almost where one of the ends is on a swivel that spins and when it turns it opens those windows into the interior um one of the sides is completely flat but it has the stamp of the trading company symbol and then the other side has in the dead center a bead that's trapped in a hole in the center that can't be removed but you can push it in and it has give and then surrounding that is a hex a hexagon where lines from the points converge on the center. Um, it will not shut with the cylinder in there because it shuts flush with both sides. Yep. Um, the only place where you could feasibly like connect it is the pin. Well, then I feasibly connected it the pin. Okay, so you slide it down feasibly. and you you press it against the back so where the pit where the. Feasible. Where the pin is, and you can feel as you press down the pin pushing the ball bearing inward slowly, uh-huh. and you can feel there's like you it, there's enough give that you could push it all the way in and flush against the back. Um, I don't quite do that yet. I look to Ozzy and I go, um, huh? Do you? You should grab another piece of wood. And then I, I slam it shut. Um, Hazel. Go ahead. It, okay, again, it, it won't close with the thing, like, there. Didn't you say I could push it all the way in? You can push the, the bead, push the ball, bearing. Oh, oh. the ball bearing, all the way in with the pin. Listeners, you know and I know that this is a catastrophic... Oh, come on, I know it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Bill, listeners. <laughs> Okay, yeah. you press it all the way down, and there's like a click um, as the ball bearing goes all the way in, and it sits there for a moment. Wh- which way did you say you were putting it in with the... You said with it closed, um, yes. right? Okay, so you do that, and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. But you do hear that small click sound as you push it all the way in, but nothing else happens. And I'm just like aimlessly trying to twist it back and forth, like... 
<laughs> bluntly, like not with okay. any finesse. Sure. As you twist it, you turn it, and it opens those windows. And then there is Ozzy, you, and Maisel. Um, both are blinded by this sudden flash of bright white light. And that that light emanating from the cylinder is just gone, that blue light. There's just this massive flash, and then as your eyes readjust, the cylinder no longer has any light inside it. Did you break it? I don't think this thing was working right. <laughs> um, Ozzy says, um, Maisel, not to be rude, but if you don't shoot this piece of wood that I'm going to throw in the air with that gun, I'm going to punch you. Um, okay, I want to pull the thing, the, the, the cylinder back off and toss that to him. Okay, um, you pull it off and you toss okay. it to Ozzy. Yeah, and uh, does, I want does Ozzy to- catch it or does he just like uh, watch it fall? Yeah, no, Ozzy... Does it bounce Ozzie, off Ozzie, his chest? Doesn't give a shit. Ozzy just watches it. <laughs> okay. He just, like, lands in the snow and rolls for a, a couple inches. Uh, and then you said you closed, closed the rifle? I did not say that. I, oh, uh, okay. I am just, like, I'm looking into the, uh, the, the whole area. And because it's the only thing I know I can do so far, like, I'm going to try to do the same. Um, I'm going to, I guess, cast Create Bonfire inside of this gun. um okay um first and foremost the only magic i can do sure first and foremost um when you threw the cylinder um you could hear that the bearing was pushed all the way inside the cylinder it was actually rattling around inside it um and there was now just a hole where the bearing was as it was pushed in by the pin which was probably the click you heard and as you look down at the um rifle now, you see that there is uh, previously invisible to your naked eye, in the wood around where this cylinder's cut is where it meets, there are these, like, uh, etchings and um, it's like a little, like, um, like semicircle, like a crescent moon along the top edge. Um, like, in, it's blah. Yeah, it's like a little curve that's pointed downward. And it is now glowing faintly blue. And you didn't and, see that and, there before at all. Yeah, undo what I said. I mm-hmm. I don't also start it on fire. Okay. <laughs> um, can I read the the edge? Are they in a language I would understand? Uh, it's just a. It's not like words. It's just like the shape oh, of oh, a cre- okay. of a crescent moon. Okay. Um, okay. just like faintly glowing with a blue light. Got it. Um, then instead of any of that, uh, as I toss it to Ozzy, uh, mm-hmm. I, and I I suppose I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. I'm assuming Drang saw the flash and, like... Yes. You saw the light, like, illuminate the snow for a brief second as you're, like, huddled down in your little hole. Does peer out to make sure nothing stupid is happening. Oh, wait. You see Maisel holding... Uh, holding a giant rifle. Holding you as weapon in hand. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I, I crack it back. Yep, you shut it. And there's these little etchings up along the, the sides of the rifle that uh, come to life and start blowing glue. Just these like little semicircles, these little crescent moons, every like inch and a half all the way up the side of the barrel. Are you uh, ready, Ozzy? 
I have been ready for 25 minutes. I have never <laughs> seen somebody take so long to fire a weapon. Dear Lord, please shoot this. <laughs> um, and she takes a whole big, like, mess mm-hmm. of a, like, weird wide stance. Yep. Okay. Tell me when. Pull! Uh, yeah, Ozzy throws it. Okay. Uh, and she probably waits a little too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then attempts to shoot. Okay. Make a... Make a... <laughs> Alright, we'll just do a ranged attack with disadvantage. Okay. Um, well, that disadvantage doesn't help. <laughs> uh, ranged... What are you... What am I adding? Dex? Yes. Yeah, uh, that is only a nine. Okay. Um, you squeeze back on that long, like, trigger handle, and it, it's it got, like, a lot of tension to it, and it takes you a second, and you're squeezing really hard, and it's a surprising amount of, like, dex, like, like, tactile strength in the hand to squeeze, but there's a point at which it gives, and there's a click as it squeezes all the way tight against the wood, and there's, like, a half second as those markings up along the the side of the rifle um, flash white as they slide up. And they flash white and then go out entirely as they move out towards the the end of the rifle at the muzzle. And there is... There's a brief moment, Ozzy and Drang, if you're still watching, where there's a white flash and you can see Maisel illuminated from above, from the bulb of this blast as it starts to emerge, before she's instantly stomped down into the ground and flattened (laughs) into the snow as there's this massive explosion of this broad bluish white like sphere of energy that just immediately explodes out the end of the rifle and up into the sky and Maisel you feel like you've been like you feel like someone took like a like a hundred pounds of rocks and dropped them on you as you just get flattened against the snow and ice um just impacted into it like the snow like a perfect mazel shape in the snow <laughs> like a cookie cutter just shook, straight down and there's this thunderous noise this cacophonous massive blast and this bright white light that just bathes all of you for but a second and then leaves a massive pillar of steam rising up into the sky it almost puts the fire out from the force of the blast. Maisel, you are just stuck in the ground, uh, like, rifle held tight to your chest as you have been, like, pushed down and dragged in Ozzy. You watch this happen as Kaisa and Yua burst out of the tent and start, like, standing up panicked, both of them just in, like, simple tunics, like, most of their gear removed and are just, like, looking around panically. (laughs) And... And you are like leaps over the fire towards you, Maisel. Drang's gonna go try to help Maisel. Um, you've had the wind knocked out of you. I wouldn't say you've taken any damage, but you're like, like, you can't hear anything. You can barely see anything. You're just seeing spots everywhere, um, and you like feel the wind knocked out of your chest as well. Did Maisel hit the log? Uh, honestly, you have no idea. <laughs> it was so bright, and the blast was so big oh, no. 
Maybe. There's no log. <laughs> uh, Ozzy um, walks, like, in the direction of the tent, and as he passes, Maisel says, um, hey, dial it down next time, jeez. <laughs> and climbs into the tent. Maisel, you could not hear or see him. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying's gonna tr- make sure Maisel's okay. She seems to have been turned into paste. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Drang, you start pulling Maisel out of the snow as Yua kind of leaps over the fire and, like, like steps over towards you. Um, and your vision and hearing slowly starts to come back. Your ear's still ringing, but you can hear as Yua and Drang are both, like, leaning over you. And you're, like, clutching the rifle tight in your hands, like, tense. What did I do? Maisel. I do like not qu- know. like yelling, but doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did I do? I I I do not know. Are are you un unhurt? I, you cannot. Maisel is terrified, but beaming. <laughs> um, Yua kind of leans down and grabs the rifle, like between your two hands. And she grabs one of your hands and slowly pulls your fingers off. And she starts sliding the rifle away from you. And as she holds it up, you see that the last, like, quarter of the end is gone. And is a a charred stump. And she, like, tilts it up and she looks at it. And then she looks down at you. And kind of pulls it tight to her chest and walks away back to the tent and just crawls inside without saying anything. What did you... Oh god, Maisel sucks so bad. <laughs> She's the pit. She's the second worst. Like, <laughs> She's the second worst party member. I don't know, this was pretty bad. This was pretty... <laughs> uh, and Kaisa just kind of stares at all of you and sighs and climbs into the tent after Yua and you can faintly Drang you can faintly make out the sound of them like quietly arguing a little bit Maisel you don't hear shit you're still just like like focused on Drang and the fact that that just happened and what 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 did I do are you I'm. I'm. Fu- what? <laughs> <laughs> Your senses slowly kind of crawl back to you, just barely. Okay. Um, as I regain composure, I want to not go to bed. Uh, okay. But sit by my fire. Okay. And think about things. Of course. With that, everyone kind of finds their moment of rest in whichever way they choose. And the night continues on uh, rather uneventfully compared to the last few hours. Eventually, Maisel, you do just pass out in front of the fire. Luckily, still fairly bundled up. Um, The remaining party members all getting rest. um, And after a few hours, the sun rises. And once again, you are bathed in bright light 
as the snow catches the reflection of the sun, the clouds now having since parted from the storm the last two days. And that is where we'll stop for today. Edge of the World is a production of Tales from the Tabletop. Show notes, lore, fan art, and information about our other projects, including the Heart Engine role-playing system, are available on tfttpresents.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Twitch at tfttpresents. Join our Discord from the link on tfttpresents.com. This episode of Edge of the World was edited by Kathleen Childs. Our music is by Louis Zong. Our cast is Kat McDonald, Dalton Stevens, Dylan Irish, Joe Turner, and me, Bill Hinderman. Edge of the World comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, and we stream listen-alongs on Twitch on the last Friday of each month. Our full release and streaming schedule is available at tfttpresents.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave. Thanks for listening.